We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-Month Emergency Food Kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com you may have noticed there are strange tall boys of beer in the bottled water section of your local stores. Well, it's not beer. It's actually mountain spring water from the Alps, and it's called Liquid Death. So that can you see your coworkers cracking open at your 9 a.m. meeting? It isn't beer. It's Liquid Death. So why is this water called Liquid Death? Well, because it will brutally murder your thirst, and their infinitely recyclable tall boy cans are helping to bring death to plastic bottles. They also donate 10% of the profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. Drinking water from a freezing cold can is actually way more refreshing than a bottle. Trust me. Plus, it is way better for the environment and the economy. They're still, they're sparkling, mango chainsaw, buried alive, and my personal favorite, severed lime. And they are now armed with 3 grams of agave nectar for even more brutal flavor. So I'm going to enjoy this can of lime, and you can go get Liquid Death at your local Target, Walmart, or 7-Eleven. Or you can find a Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash packaday. That's liquiddeath.com slash packaday. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Pack a Day podcast. You can get all your Pack a Day updates by following us on Twitter at Pack a Day Podcast. And remember, you can always subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, or Spotify. And of course, you can always check us out over at CheeseheadTV.com. I'm Kyle Fellows, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Maggie Loney and Andrew Mertig. 
Maggie, how are you doing this week? Yeah, I'm kind of sad. I mean, this is my last show with you guys for a little while before I take my quote-unquote pack-a-day maternity leave. So (laughs) I wish we were ending on something a little more positive, like a winning streak. (laughs) But I love the Packers and you guys, I guess. So I'm happy to talk about them, whether we're winning or losing, although winning is definitely the more fun of those two things. Yeah, and, you know, you know me. When I want to quench my thirst for the Packers, I turn to the Packaday podcast. When I want to quench my thirst in real life, I turn to liquid death. Um, <laughs> what but it's been this? tough. It's been <laughs> tough. You know, like just going through all of the emotions of this three-game losing streak. But this is the the time when I really feel like we get to vent together And I was reflecting back on like Kyle and I weren't totally sure how we were going to adjust when Maggie first joined us because we had been doing the show uh, just as a duo for a while. Um, But then prior to the 2020 draft, Maggie joined us part time and then obviously leading into this offseason and season full time. But you've done nothing short of make us better in every single way. So we'll be counting down the days until you're back with uh, Kyle and I. And and I'm sure Kyle will do his best while you're gone to rein me in a little bit. But we are super excited to welcome a new member of the Packaday family and are just incredibly excited for you and Mark. And when baby Loney is ready to let their mom rejoin us on the podcast, I am expecting the Packers will be on a tear in the playoffs or celebrating a Super Bowl win, depending on how long that takes. So, uh, <laughs> if we get to preview Super Bowl, I'm going to come back early. So, <laughs> there you so go. That's great. That's there great. you go. Special guest Maggie Loney here to celebrate a Super Bowl win. That would be, <laughs> and that's the optimism we're approaching the show with today, guys, because it feels like that could be a ways off. But we want Maggie back sooner than that <laughs> may feel. But that's going to be soon. That's what we're going to say. Uh, but a great start to the show. We are going to miss Maggie. It's been a ton of fun, and we do hope you're back soon. Andrew's already getting in some extra live reads in the show, so <laughs> it's it's a good one. But we're back. I do uh, really love Liquid Death. No joke there. <laughs> All right. I've heard it's all the rage. I'm going to try it this week. It's going to be great. I'm excited. Um, We're back. Let's let's do this, guys. Let's jump right in. The Packers have a game this weekend. We've had a few duds the last couple weeks, so we're hoping to turn the page. But it's going to be a tough assignment because the Packers do face the Buffalo Bills this weekend. And we're here to help all of you, the listeners, get ready for this one with another round of our key matchups and X-Factors. As we always do, we're going to dive into these Bills, their roster, and talk about which matchups are going to be tipping points in the game. But then, of course, at the end of the show, we're going to share those X-Factor predictions for you. Uh, But let's jump right in and get started. Maggie, who is your first matchup that you're going to be watching when Green Bay takes to upstate New York this Sunday? Yeah, so to me, I mean, it feels like the elephant in the room, right? It's the Packers wide receivers against mental errors. And, you know, the comments that Rodgers made this week on Pat McAfee have been all the talk on social media for this entire week. Whatever your stance on the comments themselves, what was said, you know, the Packers do need to play more mistake-free football. And I think a lot of that starts with these wide receivers you know, Packers.com had a what you might have missed segment this week that they sh- they showed just how close the Packers were to a handful of game changing plays. And if any one of those plays had gone the Packers way, I think the outcome of the ball game is different. And, you know, it's not an excuse. It's just the truth. And the same argument could be made in a lot of the Green Bay losses this year. Some of those plays, you know, were on the defense, of course. So this isn't to place all the blame on the offense. It's just to say that I think a lot of these mental errors are starting on that side of the ball. 
the Bills are the best rushing defense in the NFL, and they're allowing the fewest points scored, you know, with only 13 and a half ish points per game. So the opportunities to move the ball will largely come through the air for the Packers here, uh, which means guys like Sammy Watkins. It doesn't sound like Al Lazard is going to play. Randall Cobb's on IR. There's a lot of uncertainty going into Sunday. So Sammy's like the only vet that they would have available to trot out in Buffalo. So Green Bay is going to have to have all hands on deck here. You know, whether those hands are Romeo Dobbs, Christian Watson, Amari Rogers, Juan Winfrey, uh, Samori Toure, maybe even, but you know, the ball's got to go somewhere. And at some point, one of these young guys is going to have to make a play. Sammy Watkins revenge game. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be awesome. All right. So lots of questions on the Packers side of things when it comes to the wide receiver position, who's going to be wide receiver one for the team this week. There is not that question on the opposite side. We've got a matchup between Jair Alexander and Stefan Diggs. And, this matchup is one that really does get you excited just because of the quality of each player and what they mean to the, the game of football, really. Uh, Diggs is playing incredibly well right now. He's PFF's number one overall graded wide receiver. And it doesn't hurt that he has the number one overall graded quarterback dealing him the ball, of course, in Josh Allen. Uh, their combination is really dangerous. It's been lethal for opposing defenses. He scored six times in six games. Of course, they had the bye week. Um, so that's tied for the most touchdowns at the wide receiver position. So Stephon Diggs used to haunt the Packers a little bit back in the day when he was in the division with the Vikings. We don't need to reflect on the Demarius Randall memories, a little bit of PTSD there. But um, on Sunday, Jair Alexander has a chance to play one of his best games, hopefully against one of the best in the game. So he wants to show up. He wants to show out and prove that he's still that guy, um, which is going to be something he wants to do, especially coming off a tough performance against Terry McLaurin last weekend. Yeah, I think that's going to be a really interesting matchup. And on the same side of the ball, um, I'm going to go with Devondre Campbell and Quay Walker against Josh Allen in the run game specifically. And I, I actually think the Packers match up relatively well against Buffalo passing attack. No one is going to completely stop them, of course, but containing them is the difference between giving up like 28 and having a chance to win or giving up 48 and then just ending up crying yourself to sleep. So, you know, Kyle talks about Diggs and Jair, certainly Gabriel Davis, Isaiah McKenzie, Jamison Crowder. And please know, please know, Jake Kumaro, they're all threats for Rasul and Eric Stokes to take care of. But one can see a realistic possibility to that being kind of a null matchup. So Dawson Knox is off to a slow start to the season, but is the kind of player you have to respect based on his recent history. But where the Bills really concern me is Josh Allen running because you can cover all the threats in the world. But if Allen is allowed to convert like third and sevens, Green Bay's slim chances become none. So Joe Barry needs to ensure one of the linebackers is always there. And then Campbell and Quay have to play near perfect and execute tackles in an incredibly difficult circumstance. Yeah, I want to expand on that for my second matchup. I'm going to broaden it a little bit and just say, you know, the Packers front versus the Bills rushing attack in general. Josh Allen leads the Bills in rushing yards right now by a single yard over Devin Singletary, um, who has 57 attempts and 256 yards. That said, he's only averaging 42.7 yards a game this season behind Josh Allen, who's averaging 42.8 yards per season. Um, But Singletary doesn't have a single rushing touchdown. So the Packers cannot afford to let Singletary 
Singletary and company beat them on the ground. Josh Allen has two rushing touchdowns. Zach Moss has one touchdown on 17 attempts. So the ground game for Buffalo is its most glaring weakness for this offense. And, you know, a large part of that obviously is due to Josh Allen just being so damn good at everything. So whether he's using his legs or just the passing game, you know, you guys already talked about the weapons that they have um, just being that good too. But, you know, who needs to run the ball when you can just, throw a 98 yard touchdown and take two seconds off the clock and then, you know, give the ball, uh, let your defense go out there and make a stop. So if the Packers are going to stay in this one, they just cannot let the ground game get going for Buffalo. You know, they have to respect the gap integrity. It has to be paramount regardless of if it's, you know, the Josh Allen scrambles or if it's handing things off to Singletary. I think Kenny Clark, Jaron Reed and TJ Slayton, like this is a big game for them. And Perry and I kind of talked about this a little bit on PAX, what she said about, the potential that the Packers play more dime this week, just knowing what this Bills offensive attack is going to be and that'll largely come through the air. So if they do that, they might be leaving their their front open a little more exposed to that vulnerable ground game. So hoping Rashawn Gary plays and clears concussion protocol by then, but regardless of you know what the front looks like, who's out there, they just cannot give up chunk yardage on the ground because that's you know one of the surest ways to lose this game quickly. Absolutely. And I'm going to talk about uh, my next matchup here being the Packers offensive tackles versus the Bills edge rushers. And we know that the Packers offensive line has had its struggles this season and the Packers are still working out those kinks. There's a lot of questions. They're also waiting to see exactly who's going to be available and healthy. That's a play this weekend. Aaron Rodgers was asked to speak on David Bakhtiari's health on the Pat McAfee show. And Rodgers shared some optimism that he thinks that 69 could be out there at left tackle this weekend. But in true Rogers form, he said he was manifesting it, right? So whatever that means, a little bit of hope there. We're not sure what that's going to look like. But whoever lines up at left tackle and right tackle for this Packers offensive line is going to be in for a test. They face a group of Bills edge rushers and Von Miller, Gregory Rousseau, and Boogie Basham, who've been absolutely amazing this season. Rousseau and Miller lead the team in snaps. They are your starters, but all three of these guys are in PFF's top edge rushers for the league. So Bach, Yosh, Zach Tom, they're all going to have their work cut out for them. You better hope Green Bay has a plan to get the ball out relatively quickly in this one if they're going to have some success. Yeah, and one of the ways that I can get the ball out quickly is to get it to Aaron Jones. And so (laughs) uh, my key matchup is Aaron Jones versus Matt Milano. Uh, Milano has quietly been one of the best linebackers in all of football this season. He was good the last few years, but I think the perception was that he was more of a specialist or coverage linebacker. His all-around game has really developed, and he is a problem for opposing tight ends and running backs. Tremaine Edmonds tends to get a lot more attention because of his draft pedigree, but Milano is one of the big reasons the Bills' defense has been so dominant so far. So, Sean McDermott could definitely use Jordan Poyer to shadow Aaron Jones a bunch, but I I think Milano is going to get the first crack at that. And the Packers want any chance in this game at all. They have to get Aaron Jones going in a big way. I would call for 25 touches. I made a joke about, you know, the break the glass in case of emergency sign around Aaron Jones neck last week. The emergency has already passed. The season is in jeopardy and a potential long rebuild could be in play in the future. So there is no more saving Aaron Rodgers for the stretch run. There's no more saving 
I said Rodgers, Aaron Jones for the stretch run. There's no more saving Aaron Jones for the playoffs. There's no more saving Aaron Jones for next year. I don't care if his legs fall off. Give him the ball every single chance you get. And when he doesn't get it, make him the primary decoy. He just cannot leave the field all that often. He's running back one, but he's also wide receiver one. 25 touches. Say it with me. 25 touches. Nobody said it with. Me. 25 touches. There you go. <laughs> I, just, I didn't feel like your heart was in it. You know, I feel yeah. like you could have, you know. You got to count us in so that we could <laughs> do it together, you know. like That wasn't impassioned enough yeah. for me. I'm going to need you to redo that whole thing, Andrew. Yeah. But Can you start at the <laughs> beginning? <laughs> Those are our key matchups for this week. So let's talk about our X factors then, Andrew. This is a table-breaking matchup between the Packers and the Bills. I want to hear your X factor first. Please put some passion into it. That's a good one. You want passion? <laughs> you break, got it. Break some tables. Come My on. X factor is Aaron Rodgers. And I know, I know, picking Aaron Rodgers for an X factor seems like cheating. And it would be if we were talking about the two-time reigning MVP. But I don't know who this washed-up dude playing quarterback for the Packers the last three weeks has been. But it ain't no MVP. Maybe they accidentally got the German dude on the plane when they came back from London. <laughs> I don't know, but his comments on Pat McAfee are shameful. I can't think of a worse example of leadership than publicly criticizing your teammates, calling for them to be benched, and then bragging about how great your coach thought you played when it was pretty apparent that you didn't play all that well. And I can't think of a worse way to motivate your young wide receivers and and help them develop their confidence. If you want to say those things in the locker room, cool, do it. That's great. That might help motivate them. But why do it publicly? It just didn't make any sense at all. And I was eager for the Packers to move on from Rodgers this past offseason. But they didn't. They went all in. And we were all ready to get on board with that. I said, OK, great. We will enjoy this last season or two and, and hope that it brings a, a Super Bowl. And let's let's try to do that still. But this has all the makings of a classic Rogers screw you performance. Will that happen? I have absolutely no idea. But unless Josh Allen has a meltdown, the only way the Packers are going to win is if Aaron Rodgers is unbelievable. That doesn't mean he has to have 400 yards and four touchdowns. That means he has to be efficient. He has to consistently convert third downs. He has to take the easy throws on first and second and follow the game plan. If they do all of those things, the Packers have a chance. If not, Aaron Rodgers is still the X factor, but unfortunately, he's just going to be a negative one. I felt so, passionate. That I like the passion. I believe that. That's good. Yeah. Thank you. Thank You're you. Well, well done. If he had any receivers, though, he could probably do all those things that you said. Okay. Anyway, so um, moving on to my X factor, who is Quay Walker. And uh, Quay Walker's season has been filled with some highs and with some lows. And the flashes are really exciting. He's clearly an incredible athlete and brings some speed and explosiveness that's pretty special. He's got to put it all together, though. Um, he's a young player. He's played six games in the NFL, so we can't rush everything in this league. Some things take time. We know he was kind of a raw prospect coming out of Georgia, and the Packers knew that, and they were comfortable with that when they selected him. But uh, last week, the Packers used him a little bit more creatively to bring some pressure. He looked comfortable when he was able just to get out there, trust that athleticism, and go. This week, Josh Allen is going to be on the field. Andrews talked about this already. 
But I wanted to highlight this as my X factor because I think that the Packers are obviously going to want to put some pressure on Allen, but they also need to be able to contain him. It's no secret that Allen is just as much of a threat to run as he is to pass. I think the Packers are going to lean on someone like Walker to do a couple things on Sunday. I think we'll see him spying Allen at times or maybe even frequently. Uh, But then I think we'll also see him dial up some opportunities to blitz, uh, try to bring some chaos to disrupt the Buffalo Bills offense, which if you just let them be, they're going to tear you up. So I don't know how it's going to go for Quay exactly. I think it's a tough assignment, but one way or another, I think Walker is going to be a big X factor in this game. I'm not sure about you guys, but it still catches me off guard when I walk down the water aisle at the grocery store and see these new tall boys that look like beer chilling out in the middle of the bottled water section. Of course, it's not actually beer. It's Liquid Death, a new mountain spring water from the Alps that's available in still, sparkling, and three unique flavors. But why is it called Liquid Death, you may ask? Well, it's because Liquid Death donates 10% of their profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. Even better is that the use of their aluminum Tallboy cans is also helpful, as aluminum is infinitely recyclable and actually profitable for recycling facilities. Friends, bottled water has always been boring to me, but there's absolutely nothing boring about Liquid Death. I love the crisp, refreshing pop of the can when I open it, and the water simply tastes better in a can than it does out of a bottle. Add in their three unique flavors. Personally, I love the lime, and the overall experience is infinitely better than any other water product. Plus, it just looks so much cooler holding a tall boy labeled Liquid Death that looks like you're holding a crisp, refreshing beer. So do me a favor and go get Liquid Death at your local Woodman's, 7-Eleven, Roundies, or Hy-Vee. Or you can find a Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash packaday. That's liquiddeath.com slash packaday. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yeah, maybe mine is cheating a little bit since we already talked about, you know, wide receivers and my my key matchup was wide receivers against mental mistakes. But I'm going to take Romeo Dobbs this week. And, you know, I think a big game for him would just go such a long way in establishing his personal confidence. And, you know, not only that, but the cohesion that we could see from this Packers offense, you know. 
it just a couple weeks ago he was leading the team in receptions and he had his first career touchdowns but since then he's kind of struggled so you know we don't know who will be playing this week or who's even going to be available you know we talked about Sammy Watkins probably being the only vet that suits up at this point it sounds like Alan Lazard in the locker room today said that his shoulder made a snap crackle pop and he is very unlikely to be on the field in Buffalo we know Randall Cobb of course is on injured reserve so you know, Christian Watson has been kind of a non-factor with the hamstring. So it feels like at some point Rodgers is going to have to lean on some of these young guys. And he'll still have, you know, Tunyon, of course. He'll have Mercedes Lewis. He'll have his running backs, hopefully the 25 touches that Andrew is requesting. But I think there needs to be some type of bounce back here for Dobbs. And, you know, he, he was really well-spoken at his locker earlier this week. And he talked about the mental errors and how they're correctable. And, you know, you can't let your confidence kind of waver too much there. And he's a rookie. You know, he's played in seven games. you got to give him a lot of slack. But he also seems like the type of player that doesn't really seem like they're going to make too many mistakes more than once. So I think he'll correct some of those mental errors this week. And I could see him coming out of the gates pretty hot in prime time and putting up a really nice performance as, you know, what potentially could look like a wide receiver one game in Buffalo. Yeah, I, I think that that's a really great one. And I, I think if all three of the players we're talking about have good games, we're going to be talking about this team a lot differently come next week. Um, but this is the part of the show where we talk about the Packers' path to victory. Uh, this one might be a little bit more difficult than uh, some of the ones that we've had in previous weeks. But for me, it is repeat the Cardinals' game plan. And, uh, you know, they could do that, or maybe they could just play the perfect game, right? It's it's that easy. I, like, obviously, I'm being facetious, but there is, um, I, I think, a blueprint out there to play a very similar game to the one that they played against the Cardinals in late October last year. This was the game where they had no Devontae Adams. Rodgers was 22 of 37, which isn't great. He had 184 yards. That's definitely not great. Two touchdowns, no interceptions. Those those are all good things. Um, but he was efficient. Dylan and Jones had 31 rushes for 137 yards. 31 rushes between the two of them. I think we would like to see that again. Um, good. Not great as as far as run per carry average goes. Jones added seven catches for 51 yards. He led the team in receiving with those 51 yards. Um, but that is a combined 38 touches for the running backs. Time of possession was 37 minutes to 22 minutes. That is a big deal in favor of Green Bay. They kept the ball away from Kyler and company, and the defense did enough to hold them to 21 points. Now, it did take a crazy Rasul interception to avoid losing in the final moments, but that is the type of ugly game that these Packers need in order to beat the juggernaut that is the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I actually really like your comparison to that Cardinals game. And it's crazy to think that that was just one year ago that, that you know, they were playing that way and that the Cardinals were playing as well as they were and that kind of how things went. But for me, I think the Packers need to play a cleaner game with less penalties and stick to the game plan. And that alone isn't going to be enough to win this game. But it gives them a chance. If they do those things, they'll, they'll be in this. Both Rodgers and LaFleur have talked about the penalties. And it's not just the number of penalties. It's their timing that has really been devastating for this team. They've had so many times that a play has been called back. 
because of a holding penalty or they're starting a series behind the sticks because of a false start. And again, fixing the penalties isn't going to cure everything, but we've all been griping about the lack of touches that Aaron Jones is getting. And even Matt LaFleur seems a little bit perplexed at how they keep leaving games with Jones getting less than ideal amount of opportunities. But when you keep starting behind the sticks and you're hoping to get back to third and long situation when you start like with a first and 15, something like that, it's going to be a pass again. It's easy to get off script there. And I just think that that's part of what's killed this team. You can say that the coaches have failed to adjust, which might be true, but it's also on the players to help play a clean game. So they're not constantly being set back by those penalties, killing those big play opportunities. So not as simple as this, but if the Packers win this game, it means that they found a way to get out of their own way and cut down on those mistakes, especially the penalties on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. And I think that my, you know, key to victory here is to just get a takeaway on defense. And I know that's oversimplifying things, but the Packers came so close last Sunday to about five different takeaways. And you could argue that any one of those might've sealed the game or at least turned it in green Bay's favor. Instead, you have things like a dropped interception that turns into a muffed punt that gives the commanders favorable, favorable field position and they capitalize on it. So the Packers just cannot afford to make those kinds of mistakes against the Bills on Sunday, especially because Buffalo can score without needing to rely on those kinds of mistakes from their opponents. So I think for Green Bay to be truly competitive in this one, the defense is going to need to give Rodgers a couple of extra attempts um, and a couple of different opportunities on offense. So, you know, another pick six obviously would be ideal here because anytime the defense can give you some points, it helps a struggling offense. But just giving Rodgers like another drive or two, you know, I think would help the Packers stay in this one. They absolutely can't afford, as you both said, to go three and out and put a gas defense back on the field because you you just can't let Josh Allen take those additional cracks um, to put up points because he's got the arsenal where he can do it. And we've seen the way that games can get out of hand quickly for the Bills um, in their favor and they can just keep stacking up points. So I think, you know, this has to be a game of balanced time possession. You got to steal the ball once or twice and you just got to stop the Bills from putting up so many points. And, you know, this game has the potential, I think, to, to get out of hand fast if the Bills jump out to an early lead. So unfortunately, there's going to be a lot of pressure on Green Bay's defense to make sure that that doesn't happen because we've seen that once that does happen, it's really hard for the offense to respond. And then the defense, of course, you know, the dam just breaks. Yeah, and I I think you aggregate all of this together and you say, okay, well, we already know the NFL is any given Sunday. Anytime that there's some team that has no chance uh, we we see a surprise, right? The Bears beat the Patriots. The Panthers beat the Buccaneers. These are teams we don't think are as talented as the team that they just beat, um, but they find a way because football is weird like that. And you take a look. Yeah, the Bills probably the what you know, if not the best, the second best team in the entire league. And the Packers have been playing like a really poor team, but we know the Packers have. A, a heck of a lot of talent and they have the ability to to make this a game and and make it a close one and I think if you can control the time of possession, like I said, if you can avoid all of those penalties like Kyle said, and if you can get a turnover or maybe two, like Maggie said, this is a game that's gonna be close. And and we'll we'll see how that how that turns out. But I, I think there is room for a lot of optimism when it comes to the Packers. Um, but that is all the time that we have for today. This has been the Pack a Day podcast. You can find Kyle on Twitter at Packer underscore pundit. You can find Maggie at Maggie J Loney. Make sure you go f- 
follow her and you find me at Andrew Mertig, please subscribe and rate the podcast if you like what we're doing. Um, remember, Fridays at 4.30 Central are the Pack-A-Day happy hour. You can catch Kyle and myself every Friday. We'll be missing Maggie like crazy, but she will be back very soon. Um, and we're, we're super happy for you again. So um, looking forward to any updates that we get there. And next week, we'll be back previewing the Packers' Week 9 matchup against the Detroit Lions. Thanks for listening. And as always, remember... Go, hey, go!